Welcome to Amplify. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Welcome to Amplified and still Happy New Year and Happy Martin Luther King's Day. I am so excited about this show because I met this gentleman at a mastermind, have followed him and he is such a brilliant thinker and he's going to give some amazing value on how you can be a better marketer and how you can increase your business by doing some really cool things. So Rosa, before we bring him on, uh, we're going to keep our consistency of sharing great value of marketing tips. What's a marketing tip we can give our folks today? Well, again, um, we saw how important video was in 2017, and it's going to be more, even more important in 2018. Uh, LinkedIn, one of the giants, just released the ability to do videos right on your feet from your phone. Um, this is really important because when, you know, LinkedIn, you do a lot of updates. So now you can use video to do your updates so that people get to know your expertise, get to see you, get to hear you. So it just makes it even more, um, more powerful. So start using LinkedIn video in 2018. I'll tell you, the LinkedIn experience I'm starting to enjoy a lot more because it's becoming a lot more social. It's almost um, a, a professional copycat of Facebook. So mm-hmm. um, I yes, guess that's exactly. why I'm enjoying it more. <laughs> so <laughs> would you please be so kind as to introduce Matt Basic? Yes. So Matt Basic is considered by many a digital marketing legend. Using his stealth marketing techniques, he became the best-selling author with a huge fan base of over 1.2 million people in his niche, as well as uh, uh, built multi-million dollar companies. After being crowned 2010 Internet Market of the Year, he was asked to appear on national television. His lifetime television segment focused on how to make money using the Internet the real way. And here's Matt Basin. Welcome, Matt. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Well, Matt, since we just heard uh, that marketing tip about LinkedIn, I like to start off our shows and our year, especially when we have a marketing genius like yourself, giving some tips that you think would be good ninja tricks and hacks for having a better 2018. Yeah, well, it's interesting because she, you know, she brought up, uh, you know, video, I and mean, absolutely, I mean, I stand behind what she said a thousand percent. You know, and here's the big thing that I've been using, and I'm noticing a lot more people using, um, is with video is creating audiences, and a lot of people aren't doing knowing this, especially with Facebook right now. And I know everybody's gonna start following you online, where you know, running it, you can actually say anybody that watched my video, you can create an audience that you can market to. Um, you know, kind of like right now, everybody's been talking about create or before we're all creating our audiences by people going to our websites, people doing, uh, you know, going to, you know, taking certain actions, but now it's by watching video. So video is becoming even more important to create audiences that we can target, you know, we can market and run ads to, uh, especially really for paid advertising. So and I'm just going to tell anybody that's not building an audience, because uh, that's the new list. It really becomes, a, the audiences when I'm talking about that is like the retargeting audiences and things like that. Those are the new list. Email marketing is still alive and, you know, is, is, is probably one of the most profitable things people do, but what's even more profitable, I'm seeing more people make more money with is by creating audience lists or, you know, retargeting lists so they can market their ads to, so they can make more money. And you can do it based on, you know, people watching uh, videos now. So uh, from the basics, how would one approach this and, you know, kind of a step one, two, three? 
Yeah, so that's, okay, so that's a great question. So, um, so here's a simple way to do it. So basically, well, let me just give you guys a real big thing. If you keep your videos less than 30, and I've been doing a lot of testing, less than 30 seconds. So you create your video less than 30 seconds, and you, let's say you put it on your fan page. Um, on Let's say you have a fan page over at um, Facebook, for example. Um, you put it on there, and then you start running it. Anybody that watches it for three seconds, you can actually set it up. Say, anybody, when you go into um, your web inside of, um, well, actually, you go to Google, and then over, or, sorry, Facebook, I'm guessing um, But when you go to Facebook, over there, and you manage ads, you can create audiences, and you can select, uh, not just create audiences based on your customer list, not just create, audiences based upon, you know, people that visit your website, but you can actually do it from a different way now, which is people that watched your videos for 90, like completed 95 seconds, completed, you know, watched for three seconds. There's a different you know, combinations in there. Once you select the one, and I always do for three, 30 second videos or for shorter videos, I usually do 95. I want them all, you know, watching, consuming whatever I have them to do, but then it creates an audience that I'm able to, you know, market to, but doing it on Facebook, um, and then I can even run ads to it, but it's the cheapest. If, if nobody's got an audience and you haven't been starting creating audiences, um, you know, creating, um, well, audiences for retargeting and remarketing back to, um, well, first of all, you guys are, you know, like you, you, you kind of missed the boat last year, but you're still not missing the boat. I would tell you to go put pixels all over your, all your pages so that you can have build these audiences because, um, you know, now more and more people are making more money, you know, outside of their email list with it. It's a second, you know, second making even more money with it. But, um, but now, like I said, with videos, so you just place the video on there, you run it and you have, you can even, even if you forgot to do it. So here's the cool thing. If you did not do it, like let's say last year you ran a bunch of videos, you had tons of views on your videos, you can go back to those videos, especially on Facebook, you can go back to those videos and say anybody that watched these videos um, for, let's say, a certain period of time, you know, finished it, completed it, um, 90, let's say 95% or completed it, 5% or wherever they completed it, I want to create an audience based upon these people, um, you, can, you can still go back and do that, which is cool because they're inside your Facebook assets. Well, I'm so glad I asked because that's extremely valuable. Uh, so people can see the examples of what you're doing. How would, uh, where would they go on Facebook to see your page? Uh, okay, the, let me just, I'm actually looking, because um, I run alternate ones. Probably the best one to go to is, if you go to, um, what did I call it? Um, it's, it's my name. So it's facebook.com forward slash Matt, I think it's Matt Basak. Um, let me make sure. <laughs> and we can and by. we can come back to that by even putting a link and at the end of the show I'm going yeah, to actually, that's it I did hit it so it's uh, facebook.com forward slash M-A-T-T and then B-A-C-A-K and you can see you can see kind of, you know, well actually I guarantee if you watch any of my videos you're going to watch you're going to start getting ads uh, coming to you uh, you know possibly uh, here in the future <laughs> so you can see uh, Russell process. Brunson Russell Brunson does a pr- pretty brilliant job with uh, this advice you're giving well, yeah, and here's, and here's, and so, gosh, let me just, so here's the cool thing, and this is where really, and actually taken even to a whole nother level, um, so that was kind of the, the lower end of level. See, here's, here's the thing that this year I think that's really going to be important to get in people's heads, um, especially from a marketing perspective, and from that perspective is, you know, everybody thought, talks about creating their funnels, you know, and, and it's basically the website funnels, but nobody's thinking about creating their ad funnels, and I think this year it's going to start coming even more popular, creating ad funnels, and the great way to get your start is by, you know, creating those audiences so you can add then create ad funnels specifically you know if you can go back to you know running run things back to people that did not buy from your page when they went to your page you know uh, you know just creating special funnels you know based on that because that's a big thing that a lot of people don't do is they don't think about what happens you know they, they're looking for that one you know that that one big thing like you know running um you know retarding the back you know going back to people you know who reached your sales page that didn't order you know doing things like that is a is a great thing to do 
Well, when you think about Facebook, you're thinking about a social experience and not necessarily the Amazon, I want to buy something experience. So how do you actually cultivate that in, in the Facebook? In mine, well, see, I play a little different. Like I'm usually, I'm mostly, it's interesting, I'm more inside my business manager, which I will bring up for everybody. If you are running any ads, it, it's Google, oh, Google, why am I using it? Uh, Facebook wants you to use your ad manager over using your account inside your personal account. So um, when I say that, is like, make sure you enroll. Like if you're going to run any ads, make sure you enroll with the business manager. So, and my point being is I'm always in my business manager. So I'm not always seeing anything there. Like I, I'm a direct response marketer more than I am a social media marketer. Um, you know, I used to, uh, pardon my language, but years ago when Facebook came out, Twitter came out, I hit like, we, I got, you know, I don't know. I mean, I hit 10, I hit, uh, what, 5,000 friends or 10,000, whatever the friend count was, like in uh, three days, did a press release on it, and I'd be called, it was called the biggest social media douchebag. <laughs> it's still over the internet. Um, it kind of disappeared. But, I mean, because, you know, I've, I was always a direct response marketer. I mean, even with Twitter, you know, I got 100,000 people in less than, like, you know, a week. And I'm a part of that, and everybody said, oh, it's not about numbers, it's about people and everything else. And I'm like, it's funny because the people that bash the crap out of me today are doing stuff that I was doing back then. And sometimes you go first, you get shot, <laughs> you know. Um, right. But it, it's interesting because, you know, when you're on your, you know, when I'm on a personal page, I treat it as a personal page. Now, if I choose to do marketing stuff. I always put, you know, something in quotes before I start like, Hey, you know, you know, I found, you know, Hey, you know, I might say I am friends or, you know, direct marketer friends. And then I open it up that way so that I know like, Hey, I'm not being a turd, you know, marketing to you guys, but I am letting you know, cause I do have a lot of marketing friends of mine. I may be interested in this, but typically on my personal page, I keep that it's, it's my personal friends. And so whenever I think something that makes sense for my friends, you know, I, I, I put it there. But, you know, my fan page, you know, I go out to my fans, to my fan stuff. Like, that's where my fans are. So I go to my fan page there. And also having groups, I go out to the groups on that, and I'm able to, to market them. But, you know, my big thing is if people raise their hands to their interest in something, you know, I'm going to market to them uh, one way or another. And bringing back one thing, just to say this, like, you can go out and create these audiences. I'm picking up. Now, the reason I told you 30 seconds or less is because I'm actually picking up, like, people for one cent. So, you know, for one cent, I'm creating an audience per a new person, you know, for a penny every time I usually run them. So I might pick up 30,000, you know, people, you know, 30 penny, you know, there's, it's not much for me to create audiences or 10,000, you know, people uh, at a penny each, but now I created an audience that are interested in something that I can go, go back to and run ads to. Um, and for me, you know, that's kind of what I, I mean, that's what I always do is, you know, what can I do when somebody raises their hand so they're interested in something, you know, I'm going to market them from there. Awesome. Well, we started with such great value in really showing the audience that you really know what you're doing. Let's go back to when you first started having a, a, a liking or you were intrigued by marketing. What, what was it in your childhood? Uh, did your parents in, in the marketing? How, how, who was your mentor? <laughs> I, you know, I, I say that because I, I don't know. Um, in a sense, you know, when I was I was born in Ohio, um, in Youngstown, Ohio, down the strip of the Rust Belt, I guess we call it. Um, that's where I was born. So, you know, but my dad, when we were there, my dad worked in the steel mill. My grandfather worked in the steel mill. My great grandfather worked in the steel mill. And I believe my great grandfather is the one that started the steel mill over there, uh, where he helped build it. Um, I bring that up because you know I was around all that crap. Like I heard all these people. Like my, my dad, you know, the company went bankrupt. When my dad was there. We ended up moving. And, um, you know, so I, I, my big thing was we didn't have money as a kid. I was lower middle class. Um, and I just needed to go out and, you know, I needed to make money so that I can actually be, 
you know, like everybody else at school, kind of, you know, wearing nice shoes instead of people making fun of my shoes at school because I had crappy shoes. And that's actually a big thing. But, you know, so I went out and I started my own company. I started my, when I, gross, I called it Grassbusters when Ghostbusters came out and I started, you know, delivering papers. And I paid, delivered papers to everybody. And then the cool thing is I took all my bus, bus, bus stop buddies and I turned all my bus stop buddies into, you know, people that go mow the grass for me. So all I did is I ran around, you know, deliver papers. And then I went over to, when I was delivering papers, I turned them all into lawn care clients, went back to the bus stop, told everybody they got new jobs to go do and to mow the grass. And then I just collected checks and delivered papers. Um, and so from that, I learned even more marketing because, you know, I had to, you know, market that, um, you know, ask for the order. And uh, I really built a pretty cool business before we moved away, um, you know, based on my relationships, you know, with the people that I delivered papers to. So, um, so I don't really know, I, but I started reading books, you know, I, you know, a lot of people on my paper route, which I usually don't talk about this, I forgot about it, but a lot of people on my paper route, especially at the end, um, well, I used to have at the beginning, when I first started delivering papers, I used to start delivering to the, I call it old folks, home, uh, assisted living home. And so I delivered to the assisted living home and they, they, they would always come out, they hear me crack open the, um, you know, they crack open their thing to put the mail, uh, put my newspaper in and, you know, they would come out and start talking to me. And so I had to move it to the end. <laughs> so at the end of my trip now, uh, after a while, I realized, Hey, I need to do that. end. but it was cool because I, I did have them at the end of my paper out. I would listen to all the things that people would say to me is like, man, if I was a kid your age and had the money you have, cause I had a lot of cash as a kid. Um, you know, and you know, I would do this and I would have done that. I would have done this and I could have done that. And I should have done that. And then I hear on the side, when I come home, I hear about my dad losing his job. I hear my grandfather's, you know, retirement just went away because, uh, the steel mill like used the money and, you know, they took all the money out of the retirement account. And, you know, now my grandfather doesn't have a you know, retirement. And, you know, and I heard all this, these stories and I just remember just promising myself, I'm never going to be like them. <laughs> you know, like I never want this to happen. And, um, and I started reading biographies and getting to the big point is started reading biographies and then of all the biographies that I started reading, I fell in love with, you know, of course, Bill Gates, and I started falling in love with a lot of these guys, and, um, you know, but I remember Bill Gates when I was reading his biography, and it talked about that he went to college, and when he went to college, he became a marketing major, so I said, well, if Bill, you know, because he was at the time, he, he was, you know, getting wealthy, or might have been the richest man in the world, but he was getting really wealthy at the time, and I was like, man, if this guy understood when he went to school, you know, that he needed to be a marketing major, then I need that, there's got to be something there, <laughs> and, you know, so that kind of was my big, like, moment of saying, hey, there's something here, and then I started just devouring um, anything that had to do with marketing, you know, and at a, in a gosh, when I was 12, 13, 14 uh, years old. That's a common theme that I found with people that are doing very well in life is that they started reading books that helped them in a mentorship or a wisdom standpoint, and they also had paper routes. The paper routes are yeah. like the first business that you're learning how to profitability works, so that's awesome. So when you were reading a couple, uh, some of the books when you were that age, do you have any that come to mind that really set the, the plate and the tone for what you wanted to do later? That's interesting. I mean, the only thing I think, I mean, I just thinking about all of them, you know, like, um, the one, you know, when I was reading about the gold rush, you know, and, and learning that, um, you know, during the gold rush, you know, the big, the people that made the most money was not the people out there swishing the pans around, you know, it was Levi Strauss, you know, the Samuel Brandon, it was, um, uh, Wells Fargo. And when I realized that, it was like, man, it wasn't, you know, the people that are going out there, it was the people that were servicing the people that are going out there, they were, you know, were the ones that made the most money during that time. Um, that I remember just reading about Samuel Brandon's, you know, Samuel Brandon, if anybody knows, he, like, he was the first uh, millionaire in California when the California gold rush, and he wasn't one out there, you know, he didn't have a gold mine, he didn't have anything, but he was, you know, selling 
uh, picks and shovels to people. So that was a big thing that, um, you know, was a big one that came to me uh, for sure that really was an inspiration, you know, just looking at like, hey, here's this guy that did it. But another thing was actually a newspaper article that I recall, and it's actually, I would not have remembered this if, if I just didn't go home. Um, I just turned 40, so one of the things I did for my 40th birthday, which is New Year's Eve, so I took my family to where I grew up, and I remember looking up my bedroom, and I was showing my kids, like, hey, there's where I used to, you know, there's my whole house, and there's my whole bedroom, and I was like, and I, I remembered, I was like, right next to my door, I had this newspaper article about this guy that made his first million before he was 30, and I always had it there when I was a kid, because I just wanted to do that, and, you know, and I remember pinning it up because, you know, like I just pinned it to the wall. And uh, every day I just looked at that and read about it. And it, that was a big inspiration, that, that thing and talking about how somebody just did it. Like he came from nothing. Um, and I think his dad was a steel worker and that he, you know, uh, then went on to make, you know, millions by the time he was 30. And I was like, this is cool. So I just, you know, every day before I walked out, I always read that. So it became kind it. of a mantra and helped yeah. with your mindset. Okay. Yeah. Um, I met you, I think, very first time in a mastermind that Dave Van Hoos brought me out to to help with the social media. And you shared just amazing story. You're a great speaker, and you gave so much value to that uh, group. Share the story that uh, that you were sharing that day. Okay. Well, I'm not a good speaker. I'm horrible. Um, you know, I really have. I've been around some really amazing speakers that know when to do it. You know, like I say a lot of ahs and ums, and, you know, my brain goes all over the place. But, you know, I do share from experience. And what you're talking about is, like, you know, when this was, um, you know, I, you know, at the time I came out of college. And uh, right when I came out of college, I, you know, I went on and I, we, my friends and I called it the rate, you know, my friends and I, we kind of, a couple friends and I just sat back and we wanted to make a lot of money. And so we went on what we called our million dollar run and we did it really quickly. And, you know, and, and then it got to a point where I had 15, you know, big, you know, companies making multi-million dollars a year. You know, I had my house, had a private airplane, you know, happy family and everything. And I really believe that nothing could be taken away from me. And then, you know, one day in December in 2008, I heard a big knock on my door and two men in black suits and in badges stood in front of me and they said the five words that could terrify even the strongest person, which was we're with the Internal Revenue Service and they came into my house and they sat me down and it was like, oh, you know, and they didn't say they were just with the Internal Revenue Service, they were with the Criminal Investigation Division and they just started asking questions like about my family, my business, my associates. I mean, they even said like, hey, how can you come from, you know, like your, your family comes, they knew so much stuff about us. Like I came from a steel mill, like my parents came from a steel mill, they had nobody, you know, and and I answered everything they asked me until I finally asked them why they wanted why they want to know everything, and they just said, "Well, we can't tell you that." And then I was like, "You know," I said to them, "I was like, well, what have I done wrong? I've done something wrong." And they just came back, "We can't tell you that." I'm like, "Okay, you know, but if I just did something, if you just tell me what I did, I'll fix it. I just got to know what you think I did." And they just kept on saying, "We can't tell you that." And so finally, I just shut up. I got an attorney. Um, I said something wrong, and I asked them to leave. Now this was a couple weeks for Christmas, and they said, "Fine, you know, you can, you know, but let you know that our investigation could result in you end up in prison for five years." And then they said, oh, by the way, have a, have a Merry Christmas. <laughs> you know, um, so I went out and hired a big-time tax attorney and uh, one of the top auditors in the country, and, and which actually this auditor actually was head of um, Las Vegas, um, doing the auditing of Las Vegas from before the IRS. And he combed through all my books and my companies, and they could not find anything that was wrong or anything that brought the IRS down on me. And um, after several, several months, my life became absolute living hell. Um, Costing anything was almost impossible. My wife, oh my gosh, she was close to a nervous breakdown, and my kids had no idea why things at home changed. But um, and every day I wondered if that was the day I was going to be cut off prison for something I don't even know what I did. And then one day, 
um, in April. Um, a couple months later, a letter arrived, and I saw the Irish logo on the envelope, and it basically said, you know, something to the effect of this does not pre-include, you know, re-entry into criminal investigation. You know, by this, but basically they said, um, you're no longer subject to criminal investigation. And, you know, when I got that, I was like, I showed it to my attorney, my expensive attorney. I spent a lot of money, and uh, he said, in all my years, I've only seen two of these. Um, and he said, I had like the, what the golden ticket. And I was like, he said, with this, you can get out from underneath the ordeal. And he said, however, this is not um, a get out of jail free card. They can come after you any time they want. And, you know, with no warning, no explanation, just like to this time, he said, just, you know, basically came to me and said, you know, are you willing to do whatever it takes to make sure this never happens to you and your family again? And of course I said, I'll do anything. And, you know, then my lawyer said to me, you're going to lose everything. And basically, he said, you're going to bank up all your companies, cut all your business ties, and you're not allowed to do, do anything you've been currently doing. Um, and so anyway, in other words, I had to start all over for nothing. And I couldn't create a continuation of my business. <laughs> and I couldn't, like, do anything. Anybody paid money to, I couldn't do uh, business with them again uh, for at least two years, um, and at least from my attorney's perspective. And so, you know, this is not what I wanted to hear. You know, of course, I was mad and I was depressed and I was scared, but I had no choice. And so um, I just told my attorney, I was like, look at him. I said, you know what, under just one condition, I'm not going to leave my merchants and I'm not going to leave my employees holding the bag no matter what. Like, basically, I said, nobody's getting screwed here except for me. And so dipping in my pockets, um, I paid everyone I owed. I bankrupt all my companies and I said goodbye to my wealth and my livelihood. And basically, I was free, but I was broke. And, um, you know, and that's, you know, that story I just told you is absolutely true. In 2008, they actually come after me. But even to this day, um, they never found anything amiss or in any of my business. And they never, you know, even said, you know, what they're investigating. But um, the cool thing is about the whole thing is, is that, you know, I learned that you can't take my brain away. You know, you can't take um, anything else away from me. And I learned how to start all over from nothing, um, you know, even though I pretty much let, <laughs> I had to let everything go. It really sucked. But, uh, but I always had that burning desire to take care of my family and to create a good life for them and, you know, to have a nice home. And, you know, like less than six months after all that happened, which is crazy, I literally couldn't, if I paid GoDaddy, I couldn't use GoDaddy. If I paid this company, I couldn't use them again uh, for two years. And so, Less than six months, being put in a point where now I have nothing except for credit cards. I paid it all my, all, you know, we, the year that that happened, I was doing $20 million a year. Um, mm-hmm. and the next moment, I'm broke. Um, and I have no income coming in. And I have all the assets that I had, um, you know, my personal assets. It wasn't a fun time, but less than six months, um, I was able to make millions again. And it was crazy uh, by using, you know, the stuff that I kind of, you know, the things that I talked about earlier is just, you know, from marketing and, um, you know, things like that. So I, you know, I don't want to go too much into that, but just to kind of share, um, I tap back in there and made it happen. Yeah, it's it's a very compelling story, but you know the the why is still there, and the two whys. First of all, is there anything you could have done to prevent it? And then the second why is, why would you have to get rid of everything if you were not guilty? I'm not following that part. Well, one of the things is the that's a good question. So one of the could I have prevented it? No, I have no idea what it was, so I don't know. Um, I had, we had multiple companies, I had multiple different people that were, um, I had, basically, I'm a main corporation, and I had, I had partners in my other corporations, and we have reason to, I mean, internally, we have reason to believe that it was one of my partners, and they're just trying to flip me to get one of my partners, I really don't, we really don't know. Um, interesting enough, the guy that was head of my attorney actually trained, he used to be an external investigator himself, uh, he trained the guy that came over to me, um, and his, their boss was his best friend, and they still go to dinner, like, I wish, I'm still friends with my attorney, we're actually friends now. Um, because he literally grilled me. I mean, he sat me in a room and grilled me for 
uh, weeks um, trying to figure out what I was wrong. I'm like, one time I beat my brothers, you know, I did this and I did that. <laughs> He's like, no, nothing. He's like, we couldn't figure it out. And um, so we really think it's probably just trying to flip me to get one of my partners. You know, I had multiple drink companies and it could have been one of that. We don't know. Um, so we still don't know. It's kind of like one of those, what the hell? Um, but the, so that's the answer to one question. I, I really don't know how, if I don't know, you know, like, you know, I don't know how. You can't counter. You know, yeah, you can't counter. Right. But, the, but the other side of it is, um, the other side that you asked is, um, you know, why do we have to, why do we have to do that? Well, one of the things in the letter, so when that letter arrived, um, basically the letter said that, um, you know, you're no, no longer subject to criminal investigation, but it also said, however, this does not pre, um, you know, preclude reentry into criminal investigation. So because we did not know, um, what it was, it could have been anything. We didn't know. Um, cause I flew in all my books into his office and I mean, we had, I mean, when I say books, like every company that I had, had to send in all the books in there. It was all sitting in his office, like tons and tons of our, you know, books, uh, you know, they were coming through everything, trying to figure out what the heck it was. Um, and uh, so he had only he had only books. He had everything, and basically we could not. He could not figure it out. His te- the team that we hired could not figure it out. You know, we had everybody that was working on all my stuff could not figure out what the heck it was. Like, what did we do? Like, even I didn't know. My wife didn't. Nobody knew. We were like, what in the hell is this? So because we did not know, and because they could come back to us again for like we don't know why, um, the, he's like, look. He, he said to me, and I remember him say, he goes, this is going to be like people are going to think this is the dumbest move in the world. But he said the older people in the business are going to think this is the smartest thing in the world because. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to ask you a question. I'm sitting across the table, and I'm like, what is it? He goes, are you willing to lose everything? I'm like, just don't take my family. Don't take my land. And I said, we'll be fine. Um, I said, you can have anything. I mean, I'm scared. You know, I was scared at the time. I'm like, you can have everything. I don't care. I can build it all back up again. Um, and, uh, well, I didn't know the other piece of the puzzle, but, you know, like I couldn't do anything I never did because that would just create a continuation. And so he said, he goes, well, here's the deal. We do not know what it is. If we knew what it was and we could isolate it, we could figure out, we could do, do more things. But right now we're blind. He goes, he goes, I'll tell you what, he goes, you know, he said, if you bank, he goes, here's the thing that most people don't realize. If we would have dissolved some of the companies. You know, then if we dissolve the company, then from a, you know, if you dissolve the company, then basically you're still uh, you know, liable for everything. Um, but if we bankrupt the companies, they become dead. And therefore, you know, if something, if they do decide to come back, they're dead, you know, there's nothing from there. And this is a way for you to sleep at night and have peace of mind. And I'm like, you know, I mean, granted, it was not like my favorite decision in the world, watching everything that I had go up to the auction, um, watching everything, um, you know, all my business stuff go up to the auction. I mean, watching like just, you know, oh, my plane, you know, I mean, I watched it go up for auction. They sold it for pennies on the dollar. You know, there was deals going on. You know, the interesting thing is that the bankruptcy attorney said to me, I'm sorry, not the bankers attorney. The bankruptcy judge said to me, he said, in all my years, I have never been in a position where I've got all the assets and no liabilities. Like, this is crazy. And by the time it was done, I can't remember the exact numbers. I think it was, I mean, there was like millions of dollars. Like, when they auctioned everything off, there was all this money sitting into an escrow. And I was the only debtor because everybody else, nobody got screwed. Like, I, 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 I you know, laid on that promise. Um, and, you know, basically he said, um, you know, he was like, I've never seen this before. And then, so all this money was sitting there by the time it came to like finally releasing the money to me, cause I was only debtor. Um, they, it was all gone. All the money was gone. The government just went and like the bookkeeper took money and this attorney took money and all the money was gone for all their, and then when they did it, they just expensed it out because of the time they worked on it, which doesn't make sense. And, you know, at the end of the day, the AG actually came in. I remember my attorney calling me because I did not show up to go pick up my check. The attorney calls me and goes, Matt, the AG's here. I'm like, oh my God, what the heck's now? And he goes, no, no, no. He goes, they're on our side. And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, 
they're on our side. Like what just happened, like could, should never have happened. Like this has been an ongoing thing with them and the AG's with us fighting, uh, fighting on your side and trying to get the money back. I'm like, but there was no way for them to get the money back. I just basically really got screwed in the whole thing. But, um, but, um, you know, but like I said, I, you know, I don't know. Um, you know, that's, that's what he said. You know, like I look back and kind of like, well, you know, was it the best thing? Like this guy was a guy that, you know, there's only two people in the world that ever, um, there's two, well, at the time, I don't know where it is now, but um, pretty much still at the time, but there's only, there's not that many people that actually were in, you know, a lot of people said, hey, look, I worked at the IRS and all this other stuff. Now, this guy was like a criminal investigator. Like, this guy had more power than the FBI um, that I had, um, you know, work for me. He just retired one on the other side. And uh, there's another guy, and actually, there's one in East Mississippi and one West Mississippi. I just had the one east of the Mississippi working for me. And, you know, from what he said, at least I got to sleep at night. No. Um, and I got to realize like the big, the big outcome for me was, Hey, under pressure, diamonds can be created. And, you know, and I will tell you, it took a little, it took me, it was in six months, we made a million dollars. And after that, you know, it took me a couple of years later. One day I finally woke up and said, Whoa, you know what I'm doing right now? I don't have to be doing, you know, two years is kind of, up, you know, based upon my attorney. Um, and he said, um, I, I, he never, he never like, Put, I didn't put it on my calendar. He never really told me. It was like four years later when I realized that, and I'm like, wait, I can go do anything I want, you know? And so um, that's when I kind of got back into teaching and helping and writing books and doing stuff um, again, because that's what I did before. So I couldn't do it. I felt like I just shouldn't do it anymore because that's what I used to do. How many books have you written? Well, I, we're talking, I think you and I talked about that earlier. I, I have written four, five actually, but only three have been released. Um, and I've been in a bunch of, you know, anthology books that came together as one. Well, you had said that you had a, a holiday gift that you hadn't changed the price and you weren't going to rush to change the price after this show. So people would have a chance to go and check out your book maybe this week and get it for a great sale yeah. price of $5. Well, okay, so, so just let, just bring everybody up to the, so we were just talking about my books and I was like, Oh, and it hit me. I was like, Oh my gosh, I forgot to change. So one of the things I forgot to change one of the prices of my book. So I actually uh, requested for one of the, my books to be lowered during Christmas so that, cause I found, I was realizing it's so much cheaper <laughs> for, instead of me, you know, buying the books myself, put them, package them up and my team sent them out. It was cheaper for me to just go to Amazon and just ship them out and send them as gifts. And so we did that, and I realized that we, when we were talking earlier, that I realized that, oh, my gosh, we left the price down. It was only supposed to be down for a day for me to do my thing, for us to do our thing to send it out for Christmas, and it's still down there. So, like, I have a book that's, like, for five bucks. It should be a lot more, um, but it's called The Perfect Customer, and it basically talks about, you know, how to find and identify and how to, you know, really, you know, create the perfect customer. It's really about creating your per- creating an avatar, but getting even deeper uh, deeper into the, the psychology of, you know, who is your perfect customer? What do they look like? Um, and, you know, who you should target, especially when we're talking about, like earlier, I was talking about retargeting and audiences like that. Who's your perfect audience? Who's your perfect, you know, customer that you should be, you know, focused on that's going to be able to make you more money? Because, like, you know, not if you ever think about it, like, most small businesses do not succeed. And I think it's because, you know, they're going after, like, hey, I'm going after stay-at-home moms. I'm going after, you know, they got this very general thing. And I'm talking about down to the nitty-gritty, knowing, you know, exactly what they look like. And, well, and you said something earlier, like, hey, I noticed that everybody that had gone through success, you know, has a paper out. Like, well, that's one of the things that, you know, it's good to know. Like, hey, people, if you can identify people that, you know, hit a certain criteria that also had a paper out, you're going to find more successful people. Or, you know, I'm just making it up, but just bringing that in there is like really getting deep into, you know, who it is. And that's, you know, what the book's about. And it's on Amazon. It's called The Perfect Customer. Um, 
And uh, it's, it's like, I think it's at five bucks. It might be at five ninety five or whatever. The lowest price they possibly allowed me to put it at is where it's at. And it was not supposed to be there. So you guys can pick it up for, you know, pick it up for whatever price it is. And I'll tell you what, I won't leave. I'll leave it up there now that I remembered uh, for, you know, for a few days. So you guys can still get it. Yeah, if you'll leave it up till Friday, that'll be the, the uh, yeah, iTunes can hear it, everything. And, you know, this is a brilliant hack and trick you can do if you're an author and, I actually had this dilemma only a week ago. So if you'd been on the show a week ago, I would have learned this, but I had to, I had to figure it out with my partner. And it was, we were making a marketer's cruise memory book and we we're making a marketer's cruise keep smiling. Well, uh, a keep smiling for the best marketers in the world. And I couldn't get the shipment to make it to me before the cruise. So we just lowered the price as low as possible and just shipped it to ourselves. And we're getting it in two days. So I get my samples to bring to the ship. And it was really funny that that's the way to beat the system but what you're saying is if you want to if you want to hit the holidays and give gifts away just drop the price as low as possible amazon gets their cut but you're getting all the shipping and handling and that's a lot of work to just be taken care of yeah actually looking at right now it's 538 in prime <laughs> i remember <laughs> i wanted to get it to people for christmas yeah that's insane that's three dollars and something for shipping and like two dollars for the book yeah <laughs> so yeah that's that's a remarkable I, I had not thought of that that's what i'm gonna do next year for the holidays is i'll just pick different books that i want to make a, a holiday sale item because really if you look at a book uh from an author standpoint is it's really hopefully generating your brand is generating other calls to action relationships and so it's a great idea to get it out to as many prospects and potential clients as possible so with that said um you have another book called Everyday Heroes, and you have, is that two editions of those? I mean, yeah, two volumes? Yeah, that's a, that was a book that I did. Honestly, it kind of here's how it worked out. I did a seminar. Uh, some guy came in and offered a book, and clearly everybody's going to get in. It was like this you know, anthology, kind of like Chicken Soup for the Soul, but people pay to get in it, and the guy didn't deliver. And so I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And um, so I decided to pick up the you know, pieces and, and deliver on what he promised everybody. And uh, that's how the first one really came out. And then my wife came up with the name Everyday Heroes and because uh, I wanted my own branding and I wanted my own thing and what he had. And um, so we came up with Everyday Heroes. And it was just, it became a collection of motivational, inspirational stories. And, um, you know, Everyday Heroes won. And then we came out with it. People loved it so much. And it really um, was, it, it changed people. It, it was like the first time, you know, we, we did a big promotion, um, you know, hit the top of Amazon, all other stuff. and But, you know, like, but people really, um, got such a great experience out of it, and it really helped so many people. So we're like, you know, we're gonna do a second one. And so um, I ended up doing a second one, and the, the second one came in, and um, it was just fun. And so um, I got more. Now that the first one already had credibility uh, with people around me, I was able to get more people in and get, um, you know, uh, I, I don't want to, I'm not gonna discredit anybody because there's I mean, there's amazing people above, and uh, we were able to get some even more amazing people um, in the next book. And it was so it was so cool. So it was like the foundation of the one, and we might come out with three, but. Um, you know, last year that was kind of a thing that we uh, took off on. Well, keep me on your uh, mind or list if if you do come up with a third. I would love to play and be a part of it. I looked at the names that are in the first edition and I ordered it so I could read it on the cruise and revisit it, and then I'll get the second one later. So the, these books are so valuable because you're getting almost a mastermind think tank of the best people sharing their concepts and they're being very concise. And so I can't. I'm so excited to read this book. Yeah. 
Well, we learned from the first one and the second one. So I'm just going to tell you, um, just realize, like, we learn as we go. You know, one of the biggest things in everything that I do is always say, hey, you know, and this has been a big thing of, of the success of, of me and, um, you know, and things that I've done over the years is because every time we do something, it's like, hey, what went right, what went wrong, and how can we fix it? And I'd have these, these notes of, like, hey, on the first one, here's what went right, here's what went wrong, here's how we can fix it. And so the second one gets better, and the third one will get even better, you know. So we're always looking at, like, what went right, what went wrong, how can we fix it? Um, you know, in everything that I do and I have these notes and I just apply these notes to you know, the next time I ever decide I'm going to do something, just like a similar thing that I had before, because it allows me to, you know, just get better. So people that are starting 2018, I, I recommend uh, a reading goal schedule of books, a challenge that they almost need to take for getting better in business that year. Would you give our audience like three to even as many as five or six books that they should put on their reader list for this year? Um, well, let me just say this. If you guys are authors, speakers, I mean, I'm sorry, not really stating better. If you're business owners, um, the, well, I, for everybody, I think one thing is, I mean, if you're in business, uh, the Rockefeller Habits, if you haven't read, these are older books, but the Rockefeller Habits is probably uh, one book that really, um, is uh, Rockefeller Habits is a book that really you know has helped me over the years. Um, I run all my meetings based upon the Rockefeller Habits. I made a little tweak on it, but it's Rockefeller Habits is, is one book. The other one, um, if you if you're growing your business and um, you know you're looking at growing your business, there's one, um, and and it is I just lost it. Um, I know the name is Jack Stack. Oh, the Great Game of, of Business. Um, oh, that's a great one. Love yeah. That so if you haven't you haven't read that book, I think it's a great book uh, to do. Rockefeller House, that one. Um, and, and I'll say this, and I'll give you guys three. So those are two more business books that have really helped me over the years. I'm looking over, you know, my you know, life. Um, and then the other book is, and I really like this one, um, probably out of all the marketing books, is Triggers, um, you know, by Joe Sugarman. Um, that book probably was a big inspirational point for me. Um, and it's really helped me. It was just called Triggers and uh, by Joe Sugarman. And it's interesting, a lot of people buy my books and buy Joe's Triggers books too. So probably could have recommended a lot, but that's a great book. And it's just 30 sales tools that you can use to kind of control the mind your prospects to motivate them and influence them, persuade them. And we briefly mentioned that you're on a national television show and it was how to make money using the internet the real way. And we didn't get a chance to really go deep into that. And we don't need to go too deep. But where can people check out that show? Is it on YouTube? And then, again, can you give some tips the real way that you can make money on using the Internet? Yeah. So, well, so let me just be clear. That was on... um Oh, that was on um, Lifetime Television. It was, um, you know, and they, they cater to more of the women. Like, that was really, like, the target market was really the women's market. And one of the, what got, the reason I got picked up, and, and that actually was, basically it was the most watched show out of all they've had and uh, they've done over the years. The, the, what ended up happening was my daughter, when I was, uh, my daughter came up to me one day, and she was like, you know, you teach everybody how to make money online. Why don't you... Um, you know, help me. And she wanted to get a laptop. I was like, oh, let's just go to the store. I'll go buy a laptop. She's like, no, 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 I want to earn it. And so I showed my daughter how to use Amazon, how to make money with Amazon. And, um, and so she ended up getting her laptop, started making all this money. She was making, gosh, more money than any probably kid at any high school almost. Um, and, um, so anyway, she just did, they just wanted me on there to talk about what I told her to do. And so she, um, so that's exactly what I did. And basically here, let me just tell everybody, like, it's really cool. Like, um, it's a fun project to do with kids. My kids do it all the time. Like you can literally take anything with USB, ISBN number, uh, US, yeah, um, ISBN number. And you can literally just go on there, type it in there and sell it on Amazon. That's basically what I told her. And she started just selling tons of stuff. All, all my kids do it. 
um, they sell on, you know, they sell things on the internet and uh, most of them get started by Amazon because I always tell them, and this is a big point for everybody to really take away is you want to find leverage points. Like for me, and, and everybody asks me, how do I get back to where it was really quickly? Like if you look back at that story and how it really was, my big thing was, and that's probably the moment I realized it was like, let me find leverage points or places because, you know, that I can go and I can stand where there's tons of money being thrown at. How can I stand there and collect some of that money? And, um, Amazon, different places out there, you know, have tons of people that are going there. And how can we leverage those? So what, what are leverage points in your industry and in different industries like information business? You know, they got, you know, click, there's like in the information, you know, different places, different markets. Like, you know, there's, you know, we've got ClickBank out there, which is a digital marketplace. We've got, there's JBZ, Warrior Plus. There's like all these different platforms and different places that have, you know, we've got, um, you know, there, there's tons of, you know, different places, Udemy, you know, um, that people can leverage. You know, and you just got to find those. And that's kind of what it was. I just gave her a place to leverage and she was able to you know, make a lot of money. And that's a good point for everybody to hear is where are leverage points in. And that's why the perfect customer actually comes into play um, even better is like once you can identify who your perfect customer is, you need to ask yourself, where are they hanging out? What neighborhood are they in? And once you discover what neighborhood they're in, that makes it easier for your marketing. It makes it easier for like, hey, you know, it, you know we were talking about LinkedIn earlier. Like maybe, you know, are, is, is the neighborhood, everybody that's our, is our avatar playing at LinkedIn? Is our avatar playing at, um, on Facebook? Is our, at LinkedIn, or is our avatar playing at, um, in, in, you know, Twitter? And we want to go where they're at instead of trying to kind of convince people. I like to be, I don't want to have to go and knock somebody on the head and drag them to my, you know, like, hey, you need to buy this. Like, I want them to be already ready, hot, hungry for whatever I'm offering. And so where are those people? And, you know, where are these leverage points that I can use when it's coming to my advertising and marketing? But also, you know, for, you know, even from the sales perspective, you know, where, you know, can I just, I know I can use my internal systems, but where can I also leverage? You know, they still are, are my customers on eBay or my customers, you know, on Udemy or my customers, you know, I, where are they? Um, sitting, are they on the Amazon? You know, where are they so we can, you know, leverage them and make more money quicker? Well, yes. And I'm very excited that this week we're launching a, a site called BigEventsUSA.com. And if it wasn't for the big events that Speaking Empire did, I wouldn't have known you and certainly wouldn't have known uh, when I met you at other times how significant you are in the marketing game. Because when you shared your story, I started following you. So in this coming year, what events do you plan to attend or which ones do you recommend people should attend to really bring their A-game? Yeah, I think it's probably better which ones I recommend more than is which one I attend. Um, me and, and Matt, one other thing, I want, I want you to share how much these events have changed your life. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, events have changed my life. I would not probably be anywhere right now if it wasn't for events. I mean, not like... Um, but uh, because of the relationships I've had and everything else uh, from there, this year I'm kind of laying it low on events. Um, my role from this year, like over the years, I've been you know like massive going out to different events. I'll tell you guys some really cool ones you guys can go to. Um, this year, mine's a little my, mine's a little different. I'm putting on my own, so I'm going all over. And if it, basically, if I'm not speaking at the event, I'm not going to the event. It's kind of a deal, unless the mastermind. So. We'll talk about it probably in here in a bit, but just going to say, unless it's a mastermind where people in there can elevate me, um, you know, and I'm not going for the social, pat people on the butt, drink, and you know, or whatever, you know, like let's go have some drinks and let's just talk. Um, I want to go where people are going to be, you know, I'm going to sit in a room and we're concentrating on me and focusing on me for a few days. But if you guys are looking for a really good events, I'll tell you, there's always, you know, traffic versions of all the events out there is probably one of the better the better ones um, out there. Traffic version, a lot of people are going to traffic conversion these days. Um, and that's done by actually a friend of mine. Um, 
and um, which is Ryan Dice. He's putting that on, but um, you know that's probably I would say the one. You know, if I was going to go to one, that's the one I would go to. Um, if I was going to go to two, um, you know, the secondary right now, which is really it's probably hotter, especially if you're into information business, if you're an author, speaker, coach, consultant, like, um, and which is funny, I'm actually putting them in that category, but I think that's this really avatar, which, um, you know, is, um, you know, they click funnels does have an event and all of these are actually coming up. Um, you know, I'm looking at my calendar of who I'm actually looking like who I care about the most to you know, make sure I don't plan my events around. And so if I go to my calendar, like that's, those are the ones like I've got, hack, you know, funnel hacking, um, and I have uh, trafficking versions on my thing, but just to make sure I don't uh, compete against them. And then I also had the marketers cruise on here. So I'm like, so when I'm planning my events, I'm looking at my three month calendar here. Like those are the events for the next three months that I'm, I do not want to um, overlap. <laughs> because they're probably the best out there at that moment. So I'm actually, because I'm putting on events all over the world now. Um, you know, I've got Singapore coming up and I've got, um, you know, uh, Singapore, Australia, I'm doing Australia and then I'm doing UK and then no, no one in the US. So, um, so I'm paying attention to everybody else in the marketplace to make sure I don't overlap with them so that, you know, people do come to mind. When's the next event you're doing? I mean, when's the event you're in me? March. Um, it is in March. Um, it's in 16th and 17th in Singapore. Singapore and the U.S. one. Do you have a date for it yet? No, I sure don't. I'm only working on a three month calendar right now for my events. Okay, and where where are you located in the U.S.? I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. I thought so. Okay, all right. So big events that we can uh, advertise for you. We would love to be a, a partner, a promoter, and help you out because I know you bring a lot of value to the people that attend. Yeah. So, what is next for you in 2018? What's your? I know you've shared a lot about the events, but what else is a is a goal of yours for 2018? Well, I mean, I've got right now. I mean, the big thing is I wrote the Ultimate Media Generation Plan years ago. Uh, my events are all about email marketing. It's you know 10x email bootcamp where they're bootcamps where I'm teaching people about email marketing. And what I've discovered is everybody, um, you know, like. Everybody comes to me for email marketing and lead, list building and lead generation uh, more than they come with me what I want to talk about, but it's funny. So I'm not going to argue, you know, smart marketers don't argue, they give. And so I'm, I'm really focusing on, um, you know, that aspect of my business, you know, email marketing, list building and lead generation, especially in the information world. Um, so, you know, one of the big things that we're doing right now is we're actually into generating leads for people. I've actually generated in the last month, I've uh, generated 200,000 uh, new leads for different clients and stuff like that. So, you know, we're offering, you know, we, I'm, I'm basically building a media company where instead of people going out there generating leads, I, I, I'm good at it. I'm actually really good at it. So it's like, I just let people know, let me see your funnel, let me see your, your pages. And, um, you know, then basically I'm off to the races and we're generating leads for people. So that's a big thing for me this year is just kind of get in the business where people are paying me per lead instead of paying me to, you know, I'm not getting in the management uh, thing, but I, it's kind of like the, my done for you. Um, and it's kind of cool because a lot of big people are coming to me right now. Like I heard you're actually doing this for us. And I'm like, yep. Yeah. So let me see your stuff. And so it's good on one side because um, I'm giving them value, but also my value on the other side too is not only make money during the lead generation, but I'm also getting to see some really cool stuff that people are doing. Um, and so uh, it's, it's neat, but of course they're going to hush about it. But, <laughs> um, but, but at the end of the day, um, that's kind of my big focus this year is generating any, if it doesn't have to do with email marketing list building uh, lead generation, then it's pretty much kind of not going to have anything to do with me this year. Okay, and then advice you'd give people that are writing a book. A lot of people, they put their focus into uh, not really launching a book, but getting their book on Amazon, and then they're surprised that there's no sales, there's no, there's no campaign. What, what do you do to not only 
create a bestseller, but use the bestseller and the book to actually generate the, what your end game is. Yeah, well, I think um, I, well, my first book is probably the best one um, that really, um, you know, I mean, with at the end, of, you know, at the end of it, my end game with that one was, you know, getting people to come to my boot camp. And if you don't have, like, before you even do any of that, I think it's really important. Uh, what's the purpose of the book? Like my recent books, like even the when I talked about the perfect customer and stuff like that. Like there is no like if you get the book, you get great information. My whole thing is just like I want to be sitting on your toilet. I want you to read my stuff. You know, like I just. I, I don't want, like, there's no more, um, you know, really, you know, call to actions and getting to do anything on them. They're, like, really good at, like, it's pure content, no marketing stuff. But yeah, but if you are looking to really build your business on it, because um, those are more to serve my current current base. Um, but, you know, one of the big things that I wrote, when I originally wrote the Ultimate Lead Generation Plan, and we sold, like, 15,000 copies in the first week, you know, of that book. And we built, went from, and we just, I mean, we made millions and millions off that book. Um, the uh, the big thing was is we had you know, first of all before you build that book especially the one the, something like that is you've got to think what's the end game like what's you know what's your we call it Rome in my mastermind like hey what's your Rome what's your flagship product I guess the best way to say it so what's your flag, flagship product what do you, what is that one thing and you want to make sure that that book leads to that thing so it just makes sense um, you want to make sure that the message matches you know you know messes matches um, and, and lines them and kind of gets them to go to that that one big that one big thing. And um, I think it's really important to get clear on that and making sure it's like, hey, you know, this, you know, is the perfect, you know, this, this is the perfect thing for me to talk about to get them to go there. And actually, it's interesting because I found, um, you know, when I was running my sales floors and stuff like that, you know, we found that one or two people that are reading our books were buying our big ticket product. We were selling $5,500 seminar. And I was putting 50 to um, 100 people in the room every single month. Um, and I did it for five years, eight years. Um, you know, and just coming wow. to this, coming to my events, um, and it was all based upon one book that I wrote. Um, but that book, really, in the end of the day, was that book was my presentation from stage, selling that one thing. Um, I just added more content to it, and um, you know, basically just transcribed it, turned it into a book, and then used that as my lead generator to get people in um, the door for my events. Very cool. We're running uh, kind of close to the end of the show, but I did want to bring up two more points and maybe ask a couple questions in a rapid fire. Could you give just a very brief explanation of what is the Profit Coalition and what people can? Oh uh, yeah, from that? it's a high-end mastermind that I have of people that are that really appreciate and uh, are direct response. You know, like every person in my group is direct or direct response people. So, you know, people that are doing. Yeah, people that are in direct response um, that appreciate direct response, you know, we get together and I just run a mastermind four times a year. Four times a year, okay. And you belong to several masterminds? I have. Um, I get invited to a lot. I'm going to one next week. Um, so I don't really belong to them anymore because people just ask me to come to them. Um, I don't really, it's kind of interesting once I get to a certain point, like people want you there because you provide so much value. So, but yes, um, I'm actually going to one next week. Um, and um, but I have been in and uh, you know I was in ten, technicals with Dan Kennedy's forever, um, you know, and I probably spent like fifty thousand dollars a year just to belong to two of those groups. Um, <laughs> I did that for gosh um, forever um, over the years. And obviously, you did that because the value was there, and you were able to become a, a better version of yourself. Yes, and you know, yes, iron sharpens iron. Okay, and uh, just. How can people follow you, connect with you, and uh, learn more about your events? Uh, probably just go to that Facebook page I talked about earlier. Um, just you know, go to you know uh, Facebook forward slash Matt Pasek, M-A-T-T-B-A-C-K. Okay, and 
Rose, are you ready? I wanted to do a couple rapid fire. So, Matt, what are you most proud of? My family. I noticed that in your uh, your title for your Facebook, your first thing you put is proud dad. So, what do you? You can give a shout out to your kids if you want to, and say what you're proud of. Uh, well, I'll say this. My, I mean, probably my my daughter's got an amazing marketing mind, and I never really done that. She's so entrepreneurial. Um, my oldest daughter, she is probably going to be an attorney. She could probably argue, I'll argue anybody. Um, you know, I love her for her standing up for what she believes in. And my son has overcome so much in his life, you know. Um, and, you know, still watching a kid that, you know, his last, um, the last time he had a seizure, he pretty much lost, you know, half his body. And he took him a couple, a couple of years to get back. But watching him go and become a, you know, wrestling champion, watching him, you know, like he's still 11 to 10. But watching a kid just do the things he's doing today and, um, you know, from a point where he couldn't, you know, couldn't do anything. And nobody, nobody knows uh, the stuff, the struggles my son's gone through. And, you know, and so just, I'm just, I just look at my son, he's my hero. <laughs> Um, just to see that you know that awesome. kid just went through so much crap and um, is just doesn't even just shrugs it off and just keeps on moving forward and nobody knows today that um, the stuff that he went through. I think it's really cool, Matt. And you know, it's it's awesome when you have kids and you want to actually be the role model that they can live to be and be proud of. So congratulations on that, Rosa. Did you have a question? Uh, yeah. Um, in three words, how would you describe yourself? <laughs> Three words. You used, I can you say used two of them. Consistent. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> one word. Consistent. Um, you know, I think that's probably a big thing. Is consistent. Um, you know, and uh, I mean, that's, I don't know. I, I, that's a great question. It threw me off. <laughs> <laughs> and what was the number one thing you uh, were able to apply from the ordeal you had that was a gift? Um. That's a great, it's just, you know, uh, you know, it's like, um, oh, you know what? The number one biggest thing I think I got, like, outside from a marketing perspective is, oh, my God, when I had nothing, like, I got to a point where I had everything, and I lost everything, got nothing, had nothing, the big thing that I took away, and I, I became so good at split test. I am a split testing fiend because of that, um, and I split test more than, I've done over 7,000 email split test rounds on email, I've, I've, you know, because of that, because I realized, like, hey, I've got to squeeze as much money as I possibly can out of the money I was spending at the time before, I could just throw money at it, you know, like hope to got it, you know, pray to God it work and we didn't. Okay. But at that time was like, Oh, I've got to make, I got to squeeze as much money as I can or squeeze as much as I can out of this. And I became the best. I, I guarantee you out of everybody, I know so much, I have so much data that I never had before uh, because That's I just split awesome. like a fiend. Rosie, you have another question? Are you a morning person or a night person? When do you prefer to do most of <laughs> you your creative work? You do realize when you guys started emailing me, it's like, 10 o'clock, I was still in bed. <laughs> so, you're <laughs> so, a night, a, so you're a night I, person. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Like you, my brain does not trigger until 10 o'clock. It's, it's really funny. I can literally stand there and talk to you guys. And if, when, as soon as it hits 10 o'clock, you'll, you're, I'll be like, is it 10 o'clock? And you're like, yep. Because I like, my brain will trigger. <laughs> um, I, I have, I'm still living on the, you know, because the thing for me, I, I, I was lucky enough to start my business right after I got out of college. And so I think I still live that college lifestyle up at night and I go to bed. I think I'm turning, I just turned 40 and people said it's going to probably change on me soon, but right now I'm still the same way. So <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny because if you're in the 
the West Coast, I guess we wouldn't have had you for the show because it starts at 8 a.m. and the West Coast it starts at 11 a.m. here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's, Matt, what's the quote you live by? Say that again. What is the quote you live by? Quote? Yes. Or a quote. Uh, you question everything. And I don't know where that came from, but that's probably the big thing. Um, question everything. I question everything. That's why I split test like crazy. I don't believe anything anybody says <laughs> until I prove it's true. Well, I, I think you're great, and I hope you split test that. <laughs> I think I've been doing that all my life. <laughs> all right. Rosie, anything else you want to ask? No, I'm good. Okay. So, Matt, thank you very much for being on Amplified. You are a gem of a person, and you certainly have overcome and defied the odds. So when I heard your story, I, one of my biggest goals for 2018 was to have you on the show, so I'm glad I got you on the show early. And I am very committed to helping amplify what you're doing in life because you're actually really about helping give value to people and create a, a better abundance system for them. So thank you very much for the big sale you're giving on the book. Again, if you'd like to just share how people can get the book real quickly. Yeah, just go to Amazon. It's an easy thing. Just go to Amazon and then uh, just search my name, Matt, M-A-T-T, and then B-A-C-A-K. You'll see all my books, but find the white one. <laughs> just find the white one. I click on that and I'll leave that price down for you guys. Um, All right. And look, for both of you guys, I'm truly grateful to be on here with um, and uh, just it's been an honor. Well, thank you very much. Look forward to seeing you at some of these masterminds or events, and I'm very committed to helping promote them. Thank you very much. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashad again next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go get your message heard.